listening to Coaching Presence, the podcast that will help you become a better coach. I'm Mariana Wright, and it's my pleasure to introduce some truly inspirational guests to share their learning with you. So hello, Coaching Presence. I'm here with Tara Nolan, MCC. And I want to start off by congratulating you, Tara, on that. I mean, someone a bit way behind you on the path. It's it's a huge achievement. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. I mean, it, it was a huge achievement for me and I'm thrilled with it. And I'm now in the process of owning it um, and and feeling like, you know, be be what the distinction affords me. So I'm very, very pleased. It was a huge achievement. And I actually did it in lockdown. So it's one of those things I'll always remember 2020. Um, yeah. yeah, double, double. I was working towards mine uh, during lockdown and finding myself incredibly distracted. So the fact that you not only submitted and rewarded it during that time is, is just massive. And you've been incredibly helpful to me on the journey as well, Tara. So thank you. No, oh, you're very welcome. Really welcome. Tara, I think I first met you, well, several years ago when you gave a Gestalt um, demonstration at an ICF Ireland event. And you really have come back into my radar recently with your wonderful podcast, The Game of Teams, which has set the bar very high for podcast wannabes like me that do a rather... Um, unscripted and unedited and um, loose but hopefully charming uh, version of a podcast yours is wonderfully well researched and just incredibly polished and useful and um, thank you for that as well for your contribution oh that's a huge love of mine now it was hilarious it's curious that the 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 co-twinning of those two um, goals maybe Two years ago, I got a gift from a guy friend of mine who had who gave me this gorgeous, I'm a list maker all the time, gave this beautiful gold list thing, notebook. And on the end of it, it said, when pigs fly. And it was like the gold that I needed. And in the bottom of it, I wrote, get my MCC and launch a podcast. So curiously, they were both birthed the same day. And um, and uh, I managed to launch the podcast. Um, I got lovely help from Dr. Krista Lowe, who also has a podcast, the Team Coaching Zone podcast. And um, I love it. I just, I think it's a phenomenal way to speak to fabulous people out there in the world. And I have been amazed. Um, I think I got one no, and um, I've, you know, I've had in excess of 70 podcasts now. So the generosity that I experienced has been enormous. Um, and of course, my passion is clear with it. People are really minded to know that I'm just genuinely curious about teams and how they how to get at their effectiveness and how to be with the messiness that they that they invariably are as teams. <laughs> and um, it's, so it's been gorgeous, you know, the, and I've managed to get a collection of leaders and also practitioners. So I try to keep the mix, you know, fresh of course a lot of people like to learn from leaders who are actually in the trenches rather than mm. us practitioners who are a little bit a bit devoid of it but it's been a huge huge um uh, it's kind of like a baby it's been <laughs> it's been it is my baby and I love and I love it and thank you for for suggesting that it's professional and I have help you know I I, I have the podcast studios here in Dublin and they help me so I have a little team around me to produce that podcast it's not just me um and it's it's phenomenal for that no, what makes it stand out for me, though, is the is is the you element because it is the the rigor and the research behind it. It's wonderful. It's a it's a sort of it gives a little synopsis of all the things that we should be considering. I think, which is why I've invited you here today. Thank because you. 
I'm hoping that in our 20 minutes together, you can give us an overview of all 48 episodes. <laughs> no, no, big, no big task. No. What I would love you to do, because I realise that actually I do very, very little team coaching. I do some group coaching. I've done a tiny bit of team coaching, but um, I would love your, your take on what's the difference between coaching a team and coaching an individual. So it, it, it's a fantastic question. And I think first off, um, you know, going from one to one to one to many is the complexity of it. And, you know, we in, in coaching terms would call everybody an iceberg. You know, everybody has their own personality. Everybody has their own value system. Everybody has their own beliefs and, um, and desires and behaviors, et cetera. And when you put that into a mix, into a system, um, it, it causes for a lot of, of, of messiness. So what I say is, you know, as a team coach, you are, you are best fit to think about thinking of the team as an entity as opposed to trying to coach each of the individuals because that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, but the team exists for a reason and that often is not clear. Um, and that's why I spend a lot of time in my work with teams to wonder what that is and to get them really clear on that. And, um, and I think also it, it's very important then that the team is working towards that purpose so that the team members know each other so in, 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 you know, intimately well that they can leverage their strengths rather than sort of diluting and, and insisting everybody needs to be sort of a cookie cutter of the other. And so that's another point of difference. And I think the other thing is to work collaboratively. And I don't know that we're well-schooled in that discipline. I think we still work in organizations where we're thinking competitively, we're trying to get ahead professionally, and often that's singularly because we're rewarded that way. So there's a lot of things that might be going against a team and their effectiveness against some of the constructs that we have currently. Now, a lot is changing and we're moving. And in fact, COVID has helped us enormously to almost miraculously move to a wholly distributed team system. Um, but, but you then have to think about things like authority and how is authority um, exercised on a team? And what I mean by that is, you know, is the team a manager led where the manager or the leader is holding on to responsibility and authority for the success of the team? Or is it wholly generative where the entire team is responsible for collective decision making, etc.? And there's stuff in between. And um, it really serves a coach to get clear on that, to know, you know, what is the authority structure on this team? Because you can absolutely fall into tripwires and, um, and myths and, and uh, get yourself really ensnared if you don't get that clarity about what is actually going on in the team. And then, of course, there's, you know, the very brilliant practice of, of ways of working, you know. Mm. Um, and it's so important that the team get really clear on what's important for them and how they want to be and show up with each other. And um, I think it's a, a misnomer that often people lead with working with teams that, that there are interpersonal issues and that's what team coaches are brought in to solve. No, we're brought in to help the team get really effective and deliver on the purpose or the promise that they've said to their, whomever has commissioned their existence. Um, and, you know, once you can get, it's like structure before behaviors. Once you can get the structure really aligned and people know why they're there and what they're about, then they can begin to work through what are some of the preferences, habits, assumptions, and biases that are getting in our, in our way. And that's for me when my team coaching really comes to the fore. So I would share with you that I have a model and an approach that I bring to teams. And the first part of it would be what you would ordinarily consider is facilitation of helping the team get really clear on an alignment, a blueprint for success. 
And then as we move forward, I'm bringing up my coaching skills. So that idea of one to many, I'm, you know, contracting with them right up in terms of what they want to achieve for the session, what's important for them, what success look like, all the ways that we do that in a one-to-one, but I'm doing it one-to-many. And then I'm working with, you know, what's in the system, what's in, what's the emotional field, what am I noticing that's not being said, and I'm really making and bringing out the invisible and making it visible for then the team to be in choice as to where next, you know. So yesterday, for example, I was working with a team and the language they were using and the ways they were talking about others in their wider system was really quite divisive. And um, and I brought that to their attention and then they were able to be in choice because they, they, it was unconscious to them really. It was just their habitual pattern. Um, and you know, this notion of how we behave begets the patterns that gets the outcomes that we're, we're involved with. So I'm always conscious about what's driving that, what's underneath that's fueling that behavior and that pattern um, and often sometimes it's a legacy way of being and often it's you know the more powerful entity is, is pursuing that but it's often a good area of discovery and then I work with that for the team um, and I'm, I mean I see my role really as helping the, the team to disrupt their patterns so that they can get into choice about you know being different um, but you've got to be conscious of all the things that are going on simultaneously um, yeah I heard a lot in what you've just said around the need for direct communication and obviously active listening what what other competencies do you think you you need as a as a team coach what 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 do you use what do you flex most of what do you find yeah well I think you're you you know because of the complexity you've got to be constantly contracting Mm. that's really important there's always going to be sort of stuff emerging and you're wondering how that reflects the contract. So you've got to be very able to, to contract and recontract and notice all the other parts of the system that are interplaying and, and you know, and being, being extraordinary. And that takes a bit of bravery and courage to, to be able to declare. I don't think we're working on what we said we wanted to be working on. And, yeah. and, and, and is that working for you? Um, so I would say contracting is really, really important. You know, I would say that, um, it's not dissimilar in terms of one-to-one that you need to be able to be very able to hold the space. So you've got to use your presence and not be squashed or crushed or subsumed, you know, by what is a lot of projection, a lot of transferences, you know, you've got to be able to stand in that storm and still manage to be brave and clear in terms of they brought me into the system to support them, get to here to their B. I always use that sort of A and B and like, can I notice what's going on for me and use it if I need to, or can I can I still be courageous in 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 the face of what I'm experiencing? So I would say, you know, I use a lot of direct communication for sure, and I would think that's a strength of mine in individual coaching anyway. But I think also the use of um, listening and powerful questioning and um, raising awareness. I mean, I know that you met me when I was when I had just. Um, gone through a diploma with the Academy of Executive Coaching or Gestalt and I love Gestalt I just still love it for its playfulness and creativeness etc um, creative adjustments um, looking and wondering about what has been introjected or pro- being projected so I employ that sort of looking and seeing and sensing as well so you've got to be able to be very grounded and sense-making um, to be able to be in front of a team and 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 not be laboring your own biases and preferences, which is, you know is tough because we all have them. Absolutely. And 
you mentioned before before we went live about um your interview with amy edmondson and i'm just thinking that really in order to enable all, all of this we need this um a sense of psychological safety for a team to truly uh, air what's going on and and for you to make progress do you sorry i was about to interrupt you <laughs> no 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 yeah please you with the question i'm still i'm still getting getting further on my point my thinking out loud which was we know all this stuff in theory but do you ever come across a truly generative team i years ago i did some leadership agility training and i love that model for for what it takes to be a truly agile leader but i'm wondering do you ever come across people that have actually made it do we ever get to that point where we're truly generative or do things change too soon before we can get there so i mean obviously i'm i'm sort of trading on a bank of of client systems that i've worked with and mm. i have you know definitely experienced when they can allow that um when they can allow themselves to generally meet be in the space that is safe and 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 really you know respect each other and really respect difference and um genuinely be willing to be vulnerable in the in the face of and I think see beyond. See, often we we can be very myopic and um, and only see to to protect self interest. But if we can really see beyond to to a, you know a wholly um, sort of consequential purpose, I would call it, um, and compelling purpose, and know that we're all rowing in the same direction, you know, when you can when you can have that level of clarity about why we exist and what we're in the game for. I think you can get truly magnificent performance and I have witnessed it. So I, I'm, mm. I'm not always meeting, you know, dysfunctional. And I don't know that I even like that term anymore. I used to, I used to think that, but I had to, you know, I was being engaged with dysfunctionality. I don't think it's that at all. I think that really, you know, we haven't given ourselves the time and I'm talking about the teams too, given themselves the time to step back and reflect. And again, that same comment was made yesterday. You know, when I'm within the room with them, their thinking is so much on form. Whereas in the absence of me, you know, they were saying that they just get into this sort of transparent, transactional um, a, a way of being, and they're not giving themselves enough time. And I think that was certainly echoed across my podcasts was the amount of, you know, transactional overwhelm a lot of teams and organizations are engaged with. And mm. it would be unfair to, to say they're dysfunctional. They literally haven't given themselves the time and space to structure themselves well, you know, and to get clear on why they exist and to get clear on what are one or two behaviors that would really help us perform. Um, and, you know, and generally generatively grow and learn together. Um, and so I, that's why I love team coaching. And that's why I want to, you know, I think it's a hugely powerful discipline. Um, and if teams, more and more teams could afford themselves that, and get out of their own way. I think there be, we'd be seeing, and you'd be wouldn't probably need to ask me that question about, mm. oh, have you ever seen it? I mean, <laughs> um, I've experienced it myself. I mean, my very first team, and you, you may say, gosh, is a team, but I remember when I joined Morgan Stanley, I have never felt more included, even though I thought I was a rookie completely, more included and more wanted in a system than I did there. Immediately, mm. I'll never forget it. I, I it was my day one. And this, this guy that I ended up trading beside for years welcomed me, opened the door and got, welcome to the A-team, he said. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> no. And I was like, oh my God. But then, you know, ever after they were, they, I mean, I don't know that they knew about, you know, 
teaming or teams, um, but we were such a collective bunch, you know, without my knowing necessarily if dollar mark at the time we were trading, I was trading dollar yen and the other was trading dollar. If dollar mark was in the tank, we literally dropped everything and saved that gentleman. You know, I can still see where he was sitting, but there was so much about that, that experience that taught me what good looked like. And then so much subsequent that taught me what bad looks like, mm. you know, in terms of my experiences. And, um, and a lot of it has to do with the way we relate to each other, you know, Absolutely. I mean, you're, it's funny that I always say that, you know, I don't do team coaching. And yet, uh, my background is ecology, human ecology, I'm really into the whole kind of Gaian system theory. And I, I love working with constellations and all of that stuff. And yet, um, and we are, we are by nature, all of us, even if we work individually, we're part of teams. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is, it is the most important thing, really, is it how we interact and relate to one another? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, whether the kind of working from home lockdown thing has highlighted any issues that you're noticing among teams. I'm noticing, for example, with clients I'm working with, some of the differences in the way people prefer to communicate has been highlighted with virtual meetings, for example. Some of the uh, personal professional boundaries have been crossed. You know, literally we are speaking into one another's homes at the moment. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you've noticed in your work with teams through the different way we're working now yeah well I, I I've noticed a number of things but I I, I would echo what you're share, sharing which is uh, I've noticed a sort of a, a sort of um a wanting to literally translate what we did in the physical onto the screen and I think that's yeah. a misnomer I think we have to repurpose how we are together and what we're working on together um, because I, I don't think that's possible. So, you know, I've, I've had some horrendous examples of teams telling me they've been on screen for nine hours, you know, yeah. it's like, you just can't do, I can't do it. I know. In fact, I, I know I can't do it now because I had to go to the doctor with my eyes and, um, I was, couldn't actually physically open my eyes to look at the screen. So I was just subjecting myself to way too much zoom time. So there's, there's the use of, of, um, zoom and, and, and for what purpose. So really just, being really clear do we want to get together when we have some decision making to make but if it's the same old going around the table and updating everybody and having that um that information sharing that it you know leaves half the team feeling you know not involved etc i think we could get smarter about how we use our time and i remember um on one of my podcasts with um the very first one i did around covid somebody said you know we, we typically slave what we're used to so this idea of like a meeting must be an hour, a meeting must be nine hours. You know, it's like, let's get a little bit more engaged in and use some agency. Does it need to be? Could it be 30 minutes? Could it be 50 minutes? You know, manage energy. Energy is a huge thing. And we need to be able to, because everybody knows that, you know, we are managing multiple systems in, in the virtual world right now, our family, you know, and all those in, you know, who are, don't care that you're on a Zoom meeting, you know, <laughs> just want your time. Um, so there's all of that. And then there's, you know, the things on, you know, the time on the meeting, there's lots of defenses I'm noticing. Some people don't like Zoom. And so they're sort of waiting until they get back to normal. And I think I'm sort of feeling that that is a waste of time. Um, yeah. And to, to help teams embrace what is, is often, you know, one of their biggest hurdles rather than resisting what their A is you know and not acknowledging look 
we're in a pile of whatever and we want to get here. So how do we deal with this? So I think embracing, you know, the technology and, and getting with it, but, you know, finessing it as, as it suits you. Um, and, and there are people who are incredibly uncomfortable with this medium and feeling very um, exposed. So I think you've got to work out the needs of everybody and see how, how they translate. Mm. Um, but I think there are many, we forget things like there's the discipline of the phone. You know, we don't always, always have to schedule a Zoom meeting. Could we just speak to each other on, on the phone? You know, I look at it yeah. because of my mobile phone there and I don't tend to resort to myself. I tend to do this Zoom thing. So we've got it into a little bit of a habitual practice habit now already with, with lockdown. I think we could be helpful to ourselves and look and ask ourselves more, you know, questions about our uses of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really keen to hear any kind of themes that emerge through, from the people that you've been speaking to for your podcast. I know you've, you've been speaking to leaders and practitioners, so a bit of both would be wonderful. Yeah, so, I mean, gosh, I, I, I'm coming <laughs> up to, I know, and I'm coming up to my sort of half century, so I've <laughs> 50 launched. And um, so, you know, I think a lot of the practitioners that I've been um, speaking with are, they really are able to articulate the space and the map that is a team. And they then, you know, share their approaches and their models. And um, then there's been discussions, lots of discussions around the importance of purpose and how important purpose is and, and how, you know, it's not anymore a sort of, um, oh God, a purpose. It's actually really critical and very important to just get so clear about what, how and where we are, are using resources and where we're putting our attention. And that level of focus is, is really helpful. And certainly COVID curiously shared that because as soon as people got very clear about what they were about, if it was moving gin making to sanitizers, you know, that <laughs> level of clarity really helped a lot of teams. So, it, you know, um, purpose was certainly featured as, as um, in many conversations. Psychological safety that you mentioned earlier, that's been a feature, which, you know, Amy Edmondson on episode eight really helped um, in, illuminate what psychological safety is and what it's about. But really you're creating a climate that everybody feels so able to take interpersonal risks with their speaking and showing up. Um, and leaders need to model that with their vulnerability. Um, and there needs to be an openness and acceptance that, you know, we can be with all ideas and wonder about their usefulness and not, and not, you know, immediately shame the individual for their, for their interventions. So that was a, a lot. And a lot of people actually asked me after that, for that episode and for, you know, more information on psychological safety. So it's been a theme that has been mm. across. And, and the other theme was be passion. And curiously, you know, I had, a, a, um, James McCann, uh, who, who was just, I mean, he literally oozed passion. And he's from the Irish Sailing Association. And I'm probably getting that wrong now, James, in terms of your company name. <laughs> um, but he leads out on an academy for Irish sailors, including the Olympians. And God, this passion he spoke about their sport. And, but also he was really able to help us show that you've got to be not only so disciplined, and, and, but you've got to be team-like. You've got to rely on different people's strengths and pull together, not pulling apart. So that was a really lovely episode and it was really depth in terms of um, what he spoke to. I love it when people share stories and really go there. Another mm. um, really interesting and I would say important episode was the one I had with Sarah Hill when she talked about her childhood story and how much it impacts our everyday life. And especially when there's high stakes scenarios involved, how much we get activated by all of the, our internal defenses. 
And that was a lovely illuminating. I shared my own story and it just helps you know how you react in teams and with different personalities and um, how you might get, you know, um, how your own, you might get triggered and, and, and the triggering behaviors and what then happens as a consequence. So that was a really lovely episode um, immediately shared and contrasted with her own partner, Tony Melville, who also was on the podcast and shared his approach, his, his wisdom with that. So, you know, Sarah has written um, the book, you know, um, gosh, I'm forgetting Sarah's book now, but um, uh, how did you learn to behave like that? And so many of the, the podcast guests also have written books. So I'm really curious and, and it's fabulous luxury, but I get to read them all. Mm. Um, and they then share their stories and approach through their books. And, um, and then the leaders, the leaders that I've had have been very open about their own challenges and they often present with their own individual leadership challenges. So the latest one that I just dropped, Michal, he was very candid about, you know, his, his perfectionist tendencies and his pursuit of, you know, things like epic marathons and triathlons and how that came into his, his working, but how he had to let go a lot of that to be a real leader. And so there's lovely vignettes in that, about, you know, how he did. And then Bruno Dutroux-Pont brought in his, um, the, the episode just before his, you know, shared the family office and what it means to lead a family office. And I promise you that gentleman just articulated what is team coaching in that, in that session. It was like confounding to see your discipline being, being literally used by, you know, a leader in, in terms of their work and approach. So that was a really interesting episode. And I'm sure I'm missing loads, um, <laughs> but, but um, you know, the, the business of leadership, the business of how you, how you see your team and whether it is wholly generative and a collective or whether it's manager led and hierarchy and various structural um, constructs that get in the way of a purely collective, um, all the ways culture impacts um, and so, and history and legacy, you know, and, and what's gone on before and how that's important. But I suppose really getting clear on what is the direction of this team and who are the members and what are their capability, but importantly also, what is their commitment? And then how do they overlay that with some real smart ways of working to get at the thing they say they want to get at? So, um, you mentioned your um, A and your B, your A, where, we're at, where we are now and B, where we want to go. I love that simplicity of that as a kind of a, you know, if we're clear on on our, our purpose and our principles and everything else kind of falls into place somehow, we can kind of work out our role in that. Well, I think a lot of people are happy to declare their B. What they're not so good at is actually being really truthful about their A. And so that level of denial obfuscates what is actually at play here. Mm. Um, I do um, a lot of questioning around that to release, you know, what is actually happening here and how you are currently thinking about your situation and what are the habitual feelings and attitudes and beliefs that surround that. Because I think unless you can really articulate your A, you're going to be fudging your B. Yeah. And I think that's where team coaching comes in because I think people are very, <clears throat> they either don't feel the safe space in which they can articulate it or they don't see it for themselves or it become can become an unproductive kind of vent um i'm i'm conscious of our time tara and i would love you to talk about your other amazing achievement during lockdown which is your new art of team coaching program 
Well, thank you. So, you know, I, you know, you can you can sometimes feel as if you're being a bit trite when you say that, you know, COVID has provided you with an opportunity, but it did actually open my eyes. And again, um, I, um, Alexander Kaye, who was a guest on my first episode through COVID, I had six COVID series episodes, you know, he was very clear that, you, and so was Dr. Christo Lowe actually on that same episode, you've got to be, you've got to think team, the unit of currency is team, it isn't the individual. And I know in our world and our discipline, coaches tend to work a lot on their own. And um, I know it could be economic or it could be a preference, but I think we could do ourselves a much better service if we were working, especially with teams because of the messiness of it, um, to work together. So I think after that episode, I was really galvanized to, okay, how could I collaborate? Because I have been working on my own for 10 years broadly. And um, I'm, not, I'm now in five different collaborations. <laughs> One has actually come to fruition where we're literally going live. So that's um, the art of team coaching and it's a master supervision group. So what I'm hoping to attract with the help of two other colleagues, Tracy Bertrand and Michelle um, White, that the three of us will be offering a place where, you know, practicing team coaches come together and we pour over their practice and we pour over how they're showing up in systems. And we look at maybe opportunities for difference and transformation. Um, so I'm really excited to do that. I think the, there's definitely room for more and more supervision in the space of, of team coaching. Um, I know that there's a lot of people still hungry for how to coaching, but this is a program that I brought out to support, you know, the being of team coaching and upgrading your practice through supervision. It sounds absolutely wonderful and really needed as well in the marketplace. Wonderful. Tara, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for listening to continue this conversation join the coaching presence facebook group if you enjoy being part of that uplifting community do tell others you can find out more about me at mariannawright.com